Well, guys, I'm in Matthew chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 13, even though it's not necessarily part of our text. Um, But it gives background uh, because I believe these two stories are put back to back um, to show us some contrast between different people. And so I'm going to start in verse 13. And the Word of God says this. It says, Then children were brought to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them and to pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, leave the children alone and and don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After placing his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then, someone came, just then, these are connected, right? So just then, someone came up and asked him, teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, there is only one who is good if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Well, which ones, he asked him. And Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I've, I've kept all these, the young man told him. Uh, other translations would say, since I was young. right? I've kept all these since I was young. Um, what do I still lack, he asked. Well, if you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard that, he, uh, when the young man heard that he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With this, uh, or with man, this is impossible. But... With God, all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, See, we've we've left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, and the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging twelve tribes of Israel, and everyone who has left house... Uh, houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, children, or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first uh, will be last and the last will be first. Um, If you didn't catch it, here is our verse, uh, our but God moment. It's in verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with this Uh, or with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So let's talk about that this morning. Three things I want to share with you, and here is the first. I want you to understand that it is impossible. It is impossible for us to receive eternal life by living up to the standards of the law. It is impossible for us to receive eternal life by living up to the standards of the law. Uh, again, I want you to notice the backdrop. So Jesus is, uh, is, is there and he's teaching and, and little children are flocking to Jesus. They're coming to Jesus. He's praying over them. He's blessing them. The disciples are kind of offended uh, because women and children weren't looked highly upon in that culture. And uh, so they're like, no, no, no. Jesus is more important than that. Only, only important people can. And Jesus is like, don't you hinder them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, what do children have to offer Jesus? Here's the answer. Nothing. Nothing. 
They, they, they come empty-handed. They don't have anything to give. They don't have anything to gain. They're just running to Jesus. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now against that backdrop, this is meant for contrast, we have a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. Right? And, and, and he comes, he's kind of quite the opposite. He's not empty-handed. His hands are full. Right? He's got money. He's got power. He, he's got everything that you could think of. And, and so he comes to Jesus with a question. And the question is, uh, what do I have to do to inherit that kingdom? What, what do I, you, you said the kingdom belongs to these little kids, but what do I have to do to get into the kingdom? What do I have to do? Uh, and, and specifically, he says, what good do I have to do to get into the kingdom to inherit eternal life? So because uh, the young man is coming to him based on works, uh, based on the law, Jesus answers him by talking about the law. And, and he says, well, uh, you know, you've, you've got to keep the commandments. Well, what, which ones do I have to keep? And so Jesus starts with a softball. Right? Here's the softball. Ready? Well, what does it mean to be a good person? He's like, well, have you killed anybody? Nope, I'm good. Okay, cool. Have you committed adultery? The guy, we don't even know if he's married yet. If he's not married, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. Now, by the way, um, the, the guy says, I've done all these. Clearly, he wasn't there when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. Amen? Uh, because he would have known, if you look at a woman in lust, if you're, you're angry with somebody in your heart, you've already done But anyway, so, so he continues, don't, don't, don't steal, don't, don't lie, honor your mom and, and, and dad, and, and love your neighbor. And so the young man is, is like, okay, cool. Like, I've, I've done all that. What else? What else? There's got to be something else. And, and so Jesus responds to him. I'll put it on the screen. This is really important. He says in verse 21, well, if you want to be, what's that word? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And it says that the man went away crushed because he was, he was very rich. Now, now is, is Jesus prescribing, this is what we have to figure out when we read the Bible as we interpret it. Is Jesus prescribing to all people that a necessity for going to heaven is that you give away all of your possessions. Is, that, is this a prescription? And the answer is, of course not, right? Of course not. There are other people that follow Jesus that, that, that you know, right? Like he, he, I, think about, uh, I think about Zacchaeus. Um, I, I, I think, hey, okay, I'm going to pay people back. Zacchaeus still has something left. Even though he, he, he gives it all back, uh, he, he still has something left. So clearly, I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to become homeless to follow Jesus. It's not a prescription, right? Rather, Jesus is talking about this one individual. He's describing uh, a thing in this guy's life. So he begins uh, with the commandments, talking about the commandments that affect other people. Right? Your love for other people. All those are other people based. Don't murder them. Right? I mean, don't, don't commit adultery. Honor mom and dad. Don't lie. Don't steal. Those all affect other people. So, so that's kind of part of the commands. Now he turns his attention to the, the command of, that affects his relationship with God. And, and he, he goes, okay, so let's talk about actually the, the first commandment. Right? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is you'll have no other God before me. And so Jesus then, after questioning his love for others, and the guy goes, nope, I'm good there. He goes, okay, well, if you want to be perfect. Now, now remember, the guy comes, and he wants to, like he says, how do I, how do I get, how good do I have to be? What good works do I have to do to get into heaven? That's, that's where the conversation begins. And, and Jesus says, there's only one that's good. And he says, so if you want to be perfect, go sell everything you have. He does that because he knows that the guy's, one, is not perfectly loving everyone else, but he's definitely not perfectly loving God. 
because he has a God before God. And the God before God is money, it's wealth, it's possessions, which is why the guy goes away so, so sad, right? It's why the guy goes away so, so sad. And so Jesus uh, says to this man that wants to kind of prove, like, hey, hey, look, I'm, here I am, look, I'm a good person. His hands are full, right? Unlike the children, empty hand, I'm a good person. Like, I've done this, I've done this. He says to him, no, actually, uh, the standard is not good. You guys hear me say this a lot. The standard to get into heaven is not good. It's that word right up there. You say, where do you get it from, pastor? It's from this passage. It's perfect. He says, no, that's not, the standard's not good. You have to be perfect. You gotta be perfect, okay? And, and, and basically what Jesus is doing, when somebody comes to him, uh, saying, judge me by the law. Uh, Jesus says, I'm not condemning you. The law that you cling to is condemning you. We read this, by the way, in our Bible study last week. Last Friday, John chapter 5, uh, if you're reading the Bible with us. It says this, it says, do not think that I will accuse you. Jesus speaking to uh, the teachers of the law. He says, your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. He's saying the law of Moses accuses you, right, of not being righteous. So, so what, what, what Jesus says to this man, we got to get. Uh, this rich young ruler is, is, no, sir, you're not rich. When you stand before God, you're spiritually bankrupt. You're spiritually bankrupt, okay? There's only two options when you stand before God. You're either righteous or you're unrighteous. There is no middle ground. And, and what he's saying to this man is, you are just like everyone else. You have broken the law of God. You are unrighteous. You are spiritually bankrupt, okay? That's, that's who you are. All right, so we need to start there, guys. Is it is impossible for us to receive eternal life by trying to live up to the standards of the law. Okay, second thing we need to know is, is because of our pride, uh, that truth is really hard for us to accept. <laughs> because of our pride, that truth is really hard for us to accept. Even that is, So the young man goes away just despondent. I mean, his head is hanging. He's like, oh my God, you know. And he goes away sad, great, like depressed because he had great wealth. Even the disciples are affected by it. They're like, whoa, this is, this is a really, they even say, this is a hard teaching. It's hard to accept this teaching, Jesus. And guess what? It's, it's really hard for us to accept too. There's a lot of people that uh, refuse to come to Jesus because they, they can't grapple with the thought that they're not a good person, right? The first time you heard that, if you ever heard the gospel, the first time you heard the gospel, it offended you. It's meant to, right? That, that you look face to face at yourself and you, you, we build our whole lives going, I'm a pretty good person, look at me. I mean, I, I do good things. Like, I mean, I, I work, we work, don't you work hard to be good? I mean, right? I mean, most we try to be good people. Like, that's kind of what we're raised. You got to do the right thing all the time. We're, we, like, morals are instilled in us, but the truth is we fail that all the time. Like, even though we want to be good people, we're not good people. So somebody says to you, you're not a good person. And in our pride, in the depths of who you are, you want to fight that truth, don't you? Yes, I am. I mean, I'm a pretty good person. And so we, we begin to try to explain it. Um, we, we, we begin to try to justify ourselves. And, and this, this is true of all people. Um, you may remember another story that Jesus is, is teaching and a, a teacher of the law approaches him with a question trying to kind of catch him in a trap. And depending on which account you read, uh, it reads differently. Um, but one, of, one account, the guy says, hey, what do I have to have to have eternal life? The other account, uh, he, he asked Jesus, um, you know, what's the greatest commandment? 
commandment. Um, you know, and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbors, yourself. Um, and, and the guy says, well, you've answered correctly. And Jesus says, oh, well, if you go do that, you'll live. And, 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 and then, uh, depending on which account you are, Jesus will then say, uh, or the man will then say of, of Jesus, well, then, it says, trying to justify himself. I'll put it on the screen. Trying to justify himself. Uh, he'll ask Jesus, and who exactly is my neighbor? Right? Who exactly is my neighbor? We try to justify ourselves. So I, I would just say to you, if, if, you're, if you're hearing the gospel, and which you are today, um, kind of a big deal, we've been hearing the gospel the last three weeks, the gospel is offensive. If you come to church and somebody tells you you're not good, you're like, I don't like that. Um, I, I don't like it either. Like, I, I, I get you. I'm, I'm not good. I'm part of you, by the way. We're all together. We're not good. We're, we're just not. And it is offensive, and it's meant to be, that on our own and by ourselves, the bar is not good, y'all. The bar is perfect. And even if the bar were good, we don't meet that bar, right? We are not righteous. There is no one righteous, not even one. So, so we begin. It's, it's impossible for us uh, to receive eternal life by living up to the standards of the law because of our pride that's hard to accept. But God... But God, here's our third point, right? But, but God, God makes his salvation possible uh, by his grace. God makes salvation possible by his grace. So we hear we're not good. We don't like that. That's hard for us to swallow. It's hard for us to, 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 uh, to deal with, kind of self-defense, self all those kind of things. It's hard. Um, but then we read this beautiful truth, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and he said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Okay? God makes salvation possible. God makes it possible for us to receive eternal life, even though we can't live up to the standards of the law. And how does God make that possible? Well, we read that in, in Romans 8, 30. Uh, Romans 8, 3 through 4, it says, For what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh. Now, y'all, we're going to keep this verse up here. What the law couldn't do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. That's a but God moment, basically. What the law couldn't do, because it was weakened by our flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that, don't miss this part, in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled. That's what God did, our but God moment. And it's now fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. None of us could live up to the standards of the law. So none of us could have eternal life. It was impossible. But God made it possible by sending Jesus to completely fulfill all the requirements of the law on our behalf and die in our place. Jesus even spoke of this in Matthew 5.17. He said, don't think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish. I came to fulfill. Jesus did for us what was impossible for us to do. And it is not based on the good. Remember, that's what the young man said. What good do I have to perform? It wasn't based on any good that we can perform because we can't perform anything good, right? 
It was all based on the grace of God. I think it's the third week in the row. I've shown you Ephesians 2.8, but we just need to bathe in it. Uh, we, we need to marinate in Ephesians 2.8. For you are saved by grace through faith in this Jesus, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, not from the good that you think you can do, so that no one can boast. Salvation is impossible if you are trying to be a good person. You can't. If you're trying to make yourself right with God, I hear it all the time when I share Christ with somebody, well, I just need to get my life together. I just need to clean up some things first. You can't. You can't get yourself clean. You just need to come to the Savior empty-handed as you are, and He will make you clean. Okay? So what do we do? Number one, come empty-handed. All right? Don't, don't, don't come boasting of your goodness. Don't, don't come before God saying, what do I have to do? Uh, how good do I have to be? By the way, that's most people in life. Uh, most people, if you ask them, are you going to heaven? They say, yeah, I'm going to heaven. You say, okay, well, cool. How, how are you getting there? Because I'm a pretty good person. And so their whole life is this balancing act. And when they mess up, they're like, oh, well, I got to do, you know, X times good to make up for that bad. They spend their whole life trying to make up for their mistakes. And, and the truth is that that will never work anyway. And it's exhausting. Don't come before God with your resume. Don't come before God with your wealth. Don't ask him, well, how much do I have to give to the church? Or, or, or how, many, how many words do I have to cut out of my, my uh, vocabulary? Or how many, like it's, no, you just come before God saying, God, I'm a wreck. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I, I have nothing to offer you. Forgive me. Come open-handed like those little children. And in faith, he will save you. He'll save you. Okay, which is kind of the second point. We receive grace in Jesus. That's what we're talking about. If you're not a believer, I know most of you in the early service are. Maybe you're listening though online and you're not. Let today be the day that you know that your eternity is secured in heaven. And the only way that's possible is for you to believe in Jesus, to receive the grace of God. Ephesians 2 eight. You just cry out, God save me. Please come into my life. He will do that. And lastly, uh, this text challenges me to live like God can do the impossible. With this, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So we need to start living like God can do the impossible. I'm going to close by sharing a story uh, with you. I did a funeral this week um, for uh, a man named Jack Geyer. Jack had uh, been in this church for a long time, was not a member of this church. Uh, Louise, uh, his beautiful wife, has been a member of our church for some time. And, um, and we boasted of this at Jack's funeral, so it's okay. Uh, Jack, one of the friendliest people you ever met, uh, was here every Sunday, started coming with Louise. Uh, one of the firmest handshakes, he could crush my hand on a regular... I mean, it was Bobby Walker number one. Oh, Bobby, don't squeeze so hard. And then Jack was right there. Uh, behind him, and, and uh, Jack was just, like, we had a good relationship. Every time we saw him, he was happy to see me, had this great relationship, and, but, uh, but I knew that Jack wasn't a believer, and I'd shared the gospel with Jack, I, I can't even tell you how many times, uh, whether that's through a message or afterwards talking to him about the message, hey, Jack, would you want to receive Jesus? I had hospital beds, I mean, every single time shot down in a blaze of glory. Uh, nope, I don't, I don't have any need. I don't, need, I don't have a need for Jesus. Or nope, I don't want to talk about it, Pastor. We can talk about anything else. I don't want to talk about that. Over and over and over. Well, Jack uh, 
had, had dementia. Uh, Alzheimer's had, had come in and set in and was beginning to erase a lot of things. And, uh, and, and he had some other things going on and he was on his deathbed. And, uh, and I knew that hospice had been called. And I just felt this impression from the Holy Spirit that I need to go talk with Jack. Uh, just really wanted to go have kind of that final conversation. Um, you know, hey, you know what's going to happen, and some things happen, and you know, in, in the way, and, uh, and so finally the Lord allowed it so I could go and, and sat down with Jack, and he recognized me, which was cool. He didn't have his hearing aids in, which made it really hard, because I was like, hey, Jack, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Um, like, it was, there was, it, was, it was interesting. So where are your hearing aids? I love y'all. Uh, and... Uh, and so it was, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, and so I had been praying and, and thinking about Jesus and the thief on the cross. The day that Jesus died, the man next to him is dying. Uh, and he's, he's actually, uh, you know, another thief is mocking. And he's, he's like, no, man, you've got to stop that. Can't you see? This is the Son of God. And he says, hey, when, when, when you get, uh, when you get to, to heaven, would you remember me? And uh, Jesus says, no, to, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's never too late. It's never too late. And the Lord put that passage in my heart. So when I shared it with Jack, I said, Jack, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about the thief on the cross, Jack, and how, that's how it was. Okay, you get it. So just keep that in your mind, that voice. I won't yell the whole time. Um, and, and so I uh, was able to share that with him. And I said, you know, um, you know that death is around the corner. It's coming. That You're not going to make it out of this. That's a hard conversation to have, by the way. It's not fun. Um, so uh, so I, I said, don't you think it's about time that you consider Jesus? Would you consider Jesus today, Jack? And he said, well, I don't see why not. And I said, okay. Now, listen, keep in mind, I'm going, is he mentally able to understand what I'm doing, what we're talking through? And, and so I said, okay, well then let's pray, Jack. Let's pray. And so uh, he bows his head and I bow my head. We're holding hands. We're like, okay, he, he's, he's hearing me. Because now we're praying. And I say, dear Jesus. And he says, dear Jesus. And I said, save me right now. And he says, save me right now. And then he looks up and opens eyes. He goes, well, how's he going to do that? And I said, well, hold on. Let's keep praying. By sending, by sending your son, your son, Jesus, Jesus, into my life. Amen. Not a long prayer. Not a magical prayer. Right? But I tell you, I believe the Lord saved him. I believe the Lord saved him. I believe the Lord used a horrible disease to strip away his pride to get him to the point he could accept the gospel like a child. Okay? So here's what I'm going to say to you. Who have you stopped believing God for? Who have you started to believe, well, it's just impossible. God's never going to save my fill-in-the-blank. My neighbor, my family member, my never going to do it. Because there's one young lady in Jack's life, and including Louise, I'm sure Louise also every day, but there's one lady in particular that really just, she was almost like a, another daughter to them. She prayed for Jack every day. She told me there's one day of her life that she didn't. She was sick and she just couldn't do it. And she goes, Lord, you know my heart. <laughs> that day, still, still basically prayed for him, even on her worst day. Prayed for him every day. Right? Who's the person that you just need to go share Christ with? You've got to trust God for. I had to trust God that he was going to use that moment. Jack was 91 years old. I think he lived for like two more weeks, y'all, on this earth. Okay? Who do you need to start praying for again? Who do you need to share Christ with 
uh, God. Again, here's one of the questions in our discussion questions. Ready? Uh, it says this, and you, you know, it's there in your sermon notes, but um, if God can do the impossible when it comes to salvation, here's the question, why don't we live like it? Why don't we live like it? And we ask, who do you need to start praying for again, and who do you need to share Christ with? Folks, that is what we need to remember in our but God moment this week. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Start trusting God for the impossible again. Y'all, uh, listen, you want to know some impossible things? Right now, it seems impossible to staff our children's department and our youth department and our greeters and our, you fill in the blank. It seems impossible when you think about the fact that we're about to open doors in less than a year for a facility where we, we, could, we, we believe, we're believing God that hundreds of people will come through the door every morning. It seems impossible right now that we're going to be able to pull all that off and make it happen. But with God, all things are possible. But the people of God need to start trusting God for the impossible. They need to start acting like God. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We've got to start living in faith again, y'all. It's time to come out of the shadows. It's time to come out of the fear. It's time to come out of all of the stuff. Let me just talk. Hey, can you give me this camera right here? I'm going to talk to my folks at home for a second. Let's zoom in. Come on. Erin's got this. She's got the zoom in. Yeah, it's coming. All right. Listen, I love you. If you're still, and listen, if you have some kind of disease that your immune system, like I get it. I get it. But if it's just that we've heard over and over and over that we can't be around people and this and that, we need community and you've got to come back. You've got to trust God. You've got to come back. Okay? Guys, we've got to start trusting God, living like the people of God again, praying for people's salvation again, going to their homes and talking to them about Jesus again, uh, meeting new neighbors again, uh, knowing them in such a way that we want to do life with them again, inviting them into our circles again, being the light of the world again. It's time. It's time. With man... It's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for what you've done for us through your son, Jesus. Remind us today that you have the ability to save sinners like us, even on their deathbed. God, let us start living with that kind of faith that you're a God that will do those things. Let us be bold in our conviction as we go out into this world preaching your gospel truth. Lord, I love you. I pray that if there's anyone hearing my voice that doesn't know you, that today would be the day they come to you empty-handed and say, God, I realize today I have nothing to give to you. But would you take me? Would you save me? Would you make me yours? Make them a child of God today. I ask that in Jesus' holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen.